Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Human rights in Islam and refutation of the misconceived allegations associated with these rights. Human rights. Written by Suleiman Abdurrahman Al-Huqil, PhD, Professor of Education, Imam Muhammad bin Saud, Islamic University. Page 89, uh, Chapter uh, 4, Part 8. Comparison between human rights in Islam and international secular instruments. First, comparison as to presidency, to presidency and binding force. Second, comparison as to intensity and magnitude. Third, comparison as to protection and guarantees. Let's start. Comparison between human rights in Islam and international secular instruments. In the foregoing chapter, I examine the concept of human rights, the evolution of these rights and their essence in Islam and in the secular conventions. In this chapter, I will draw a comparison between human rights in Islam and human rights in the international secular instruments. I will consider only the UDHR ratified by the United Nations in 1948 because this declaration constitutes the optimum human product in respect of human rights. All other international and regional instruments pertaining to human rights have made the UDHR reference thereto. To avoid laxity, I will restrict this comparison to the following three aspects. First, precedence in determining human rights and their binding force. Second, intensity and magnitude. Third, protection and guarantees. First, the precedence and bind, binding force of a human rights in Islam versus secular instruments. I have previously explained that human rights in Islam came into being upon the emergence of Islam before thir- 14 centuries ago, or, since, or 14, uh, 14 centuries ago, yes. Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, has declared the first instrument in the human rights domain in history during his last pilgrimage, whereas the eldest man-made instrument in human rights domain was made in the 13th, in the 13th Gregorian century, uh, 1215 CE, as I have pointed out when talking about the evolution of human rights. Islamic Sharia has uh, proceeded over all other international conventions, declarations and covenants dealing with the human rights issues because uh, it has established these rights more than 14 centuries ago. What has been incorporated in the UDHR and uh, the latter international Co- covenants thereto and the United Na- National Charter is not uh, but a reiteration of what is contained in the Islamic Sharia. Islam is unprecedented in declaring the civil and political, economic, social, and cultural rights. Islam made a balance between the individual's interest in maintenance of his fundamental rights and the public interest. This fact should be uh, perceived by all those who know about Islam and its divine norms. Modern civilization with all its institutions, organizations, and pertinent limbs has been made by man. Man carried out researches made enactment and passed laws forgetting that his creator has made and enacted all that he needs in the different life spheres 
Man also forgets that the Creator has codified this in the holy book, the Quran, to ensure justice. Allah Almighty ordains verily this Quran both guide to that which is most right or stable. Almighty also ordains whosoever follows my guidance will not lose his way, not fall into misery. But whosoever turns away from my message, verily for him is a life narrowed down, and we shall raise him up blind on the day of judgment. Human rights, as outlined in Islam, are genuine and eternal rights, which would not be deleted, modified, or suspended. They are binding because they are ordained by the great creator, Allah Almighty. Therefore, no human being has the right to suspend or disrespect them. These rights are self-immune. They are uh, they they don't uh, abate uh, they they are or oh, sorry they don't abate neither by willful re- relinquishment or by the will of the society represented in the institutions regardless of the authorities these institutions might have in respect of the legal value of the udhr and whether it is binding or not i have previously mentioned some views about this matter and i have asserted that the UDHR is a mere declaration ratified by the UN, which is not binding. Uh, From the aforesaid remarks, it becomes evident that human rights in the international instruments are mere recommendations and moral rules. But in Islam, human rights are imperative laws with enforcement mechanisms thereto, and not mere recommendations or or moral rules. Therefore, the public authority in Islam is empowered to enforce these divine laws and penalize the non-abider thereto. Unlike the perspectives of the human rights as incorporated in the secular international instruments, where it is considered personal rights, which could be waived by relinquishment. Second, (coughs) intensity and magnitude. Human rights in Islam are more intense and comprehensive than in secular instruments. The sources of human rights in Islam are the Holy Book, Quran, and the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing be upon him, whereas human rights in secular instruments and man-made laws stem from the human reasoning, which is susceptible to mistake and omission, as human beings are affected by their nature of weakness, shortcomings, and vulnerability in perceiving all matters, while Allah Almighty, as a founder of the world, has got knowledge and perception of all things therein. Rights in Islam are regarded as sacred, and in this respect, they progress via certain stages. Rights are established, and then they will be supported by duties, and then they will be uh, protected by hudud, punishment. Then they will be elevated to the level of sacredness. Thus, if the man-made conventions have contained some rights, Islam within its uh, two sources, Quran and Sunnah, has incorporated all the rights endowed by Allah to man. To shed more light on the intensity and magnitude of human rights in Islam and to show the extent of the superiority superiority of Islamic Sharia compared to man-made instruments in this respect, uh, I will discuss below some human rights in Islam versus the UDHR in general. 1. Human Dignity The UDHR ratified by the UNO in 1948 has emphasized human dignity. Islam has asserted this before more than 14 centuries ago. Allah Almighty ordains in the Quran, we have honored the sons of Adam, uh, dignified them, provided them with transport and sea, given them for sustenance, uh, sustenance things good and pure, and conferred on them special favors above the great part of our creation. 
Also, Islam honored man by prohibiting, uh, degrading, disdaining, humiliating, or calling him bad names. Allah uh, ordains, O oh, you who believe, let not some men among you laugh at others. It may be that the latter are better than the former. Nor let some women laugh at others. It may be that the latter are better than the former. Nor defame, nor be sarcastic to each other by offensive nicknames. Ill-seeming is a name connoting wicked names to be used of one after he has believed and those who do not desist are indeed doing wrong. Allah Almighty has honored man by creating him in the ever best shape. Allah Almighty ordains he has created the heavens and the earth with the truth and has given you shapers and made your shapes beautiful and to him is uh, uh, the final return. Allah the Almighty has honored man and asked him to worship him alone and not to uh, bow down to anyone but him Allah Almighty ordain but him Allah Almighty ordains say truth uh, my prayer and my service of sacrifice my life and my death are all for Allah the creator of the worlds or the cherisher of the worlds Allah Almighty honored man by prohibiting him from worshiping any other person save him alone no slavery save to Allah who ordains Thy Lord has decreed that you worship none but him, and they uh, ye be kind, and that you be kind uh, to parents. Allah Almighty also ordains thee uh, do we worship, you alone do we worship, and thine and you and thine and your aid we seek. Allah has determined and clarified the rational of the creation of mankind and the jinns, the spirits. They have been created for the sole purpose of servitude of the Creator. Allah ordains, I have only created jinns and men that they may serve me. Uh, Allah honored man by prohibiting any wrong wrong, uh, wordings or acts that affect uh, uh, man's dignity, i.e. backbiting, calumny, spying and the like. Allah has contemplated those who commit these sins and any other acts or wording that might touch man's honor or uh, dignity by ordaining all you who believe avoid suspicion Uh, in some cases it is a sin and spy not on each other nor speak ill of each other behind their backs would any of you like to eat the flesh of his dead uh, brother nay you would abhor it but fear allah for allah's oft returning most merciful O mankind, we created you from a single pair of a male and female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know each other, not that you may despise each other. Verily, the most honored of you in the sight of Allah is the one who is the most righteous of you. And Allah has full knowledge and is well acquainted with all the things. And Allah ordains woe to every kind of scandal, monger and backbiter. Allah Almighty addressing Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him ordains obey not every mean swearer as a slanderer going about with calumnies habitually hindering all good transgressing beyond bounds deep in sin it is also ordained in the quran and pursue not that of which uh, thou has no knowledge of which you have no knowledge for surely the hearing the sight the heart all of those shall be questioned of this is the dignity of mankind being in the holy quran which is ordained by Allah Almighty 14 centuries prior to the ratification of the UDHR which asserts the article 1 that all human beings are born free, are born free, equal in dignity and rights. 
Two, equality and non-discrimination. UDHR, which is passed in 1948 by the United uh, Nation Organization, dealt with equality as Article 2 reads, everyone is entitled to all rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration without distinction of any kind, such as race, color, sex, language, and religion, etc. Islamic Sharia determined or determines equality of all human beings in the most magnificent 14 centuries, magnificent way, 14 centuries before the ratification of the UDHR. While the UDHR dealt with the equality as a recommendation, Islamic Sharia has dealt with equality as an enforceable and binding legal duty. Islamic Sharia determines equality of all human beings with respect to uh, with respect to their origins, ethnic affiliations, and humanitarian values, no favor for an Arab to a non-Arab save for righteousness. Allah Almighty ordains, O mankind, we created you from a single pair of a male and a female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know each other. Verily, the most honored of you in the sight of Allah is, is he who is the most righteous of you. And Allah has full knowledge and is acquainted with all things. Also, O mankind, fear your guardian Lord who created you from a single person created out of it his mate and from them twins scattered like seeds, countless men and women. Also, Allah addresses mankind with the term the children of Adam. He ordains in the Quran, O you children of Adam, we bestowed raiment upon you to cover your shame as well as to be an adornment to you but the raiment of righteousness that is best such as among the signs of Allah that they may receive admonition. We also read in the Quran, O you children of Adam, let not uh, Satan seduce you in the same manner as he got your parents out of the garden, stripping them on their raiment, stripping them uh, of their raiment to expose their shame. Also he ordains, O children of Adam, wear your beautiful apparel at every time and a place of prayer. Eat and drink, but waste not by excess, for Allah loveth no wasters. Also, did I not enjoin on you, O you children of Adam, that you should not worship Satan, for that he was to you an enemy avowed? In these holy verses, Allah addresses all human beings in general as the sons of Adam. This generality indicates that all human beings are treated on equal footing. Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, has also referred to the principle of equality in Islam by saying, O mankind, your cherisher is single. All of you are the sons of Adam, and Adam is created from clay. There is no privilege or honor for an Arab against an non-Arab, neither for an non-Arab against an Arab, nor for red against black, neither black against red, nor white against black, except for piety. Did you receive the message? The present, the present should inform the absent. Also, he said in the domain of equality between the people in implementing hudud, punishment, the nations before you were destroyed because of the fact that if the noble committed theft, they, the rulers, would not apply had or punishment on him. Whereas if the weak and humble committed theft, they would inflict had or punishment on him. Behold, if my daughter Fatima committed theft, I will order her hand to be amputated. The righteous caliphs have uh, persuaded, traced, and followed the track and method of Prophet Muhammad, peace be up, may peace and blessings be upon him. Uh, in achieving equality, 
when Abu Bakr the first caliph addressed his subjects immediately after he took over in the first speech he said O people by Allah the strongest of you in my view is the weakest until I retain his right to him uh, and no one is weaker than the strong possess until I take from him whatever right he had illicitly taken from the weak this is how Islam views the significance of equality. This concept of equality has been conceived and applied throughout the Islamic history and since the era of the Prophet, may the blessing and peace be upon him. By contrast, the concept of equality as incorporated in the secular legislative systems was different since these systems have ignored this concept in many respects, both in the past and in the present time. Three, man's right for property. In the UDHR, has asserted the man's right in his property in the first half of the 20th century. Islam prohibited trespass and laid down the guarantees for the protection of the properties. Allah Almighty coordinates all you who believe, eat not up your property among yourselves in vanities, etc. Allah has threatened the non-believer with painful chastisement for trespassing or encroaching on the other's properties he ordains, that they took usury, though they were forbidden, and that they be devoured men's wealth wrongfully, we have prepared for those among them who reject faith a severe torture. The term property here, in a broad perspective, includes whatever can be possessed and owned by man, whether cash money or uh, in kind, movable or immovable. Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing be of Allah be upon him, talked about man's life in conjunction with the man's property when he said, your lives and property are inviolable, inviolable forever until you meet your Lord. In support of this rule of ownership, the, uh, the Islam jurist, Islam jurist uh, uh, Fuqaha laid down the following comprehensive rules. No one should take others' property without a legal justification thereto. No one should dispose of others' property without his prior consent. The above review about human dignity and equality, right of ownership, and the prohibition of trespass to man and his property prove the intensity and imperativeness of human rights in Islam compared to those in UDHR. As to the quality and magnitude of these rights, we would like to draw attention to the fact that there are some rights which are provided for, for in the Quran and Sunnah, but were ignored completely or neglected by the UDHR. These rights in brief are 1. Rights of orphans. UDHR has... Uh, UDHR has in the child right as it provided in Article 25.2 that childhood are entitled to special care and assistance, whereas Islam is distinguished for giving special care for orphans as so many verses emphasize the necessity and significance of childhood care and assistance and maintenance of their rights and properties. Also, Islam provides for their safety and indeed urges others to favor them by all means are treated uh, also, Islam provides for their safety and indeed urges others to favor them by all means are treated uh, by all means uh, by all means are treated badly. The verses also stipulate it's not clear here also provides for their safety and indeed urges others to favor them by all means. The verses also stipulated that Allah gets angry when orphan children uh, by others are treated badly. Yes, I'll, I'll go over this again. Also, 
the verse is also stipulated Allah gets angry when orphan uh, children are treated badly uh, and are treated badly okay Allah Almighty ordains they ask they concerning orphans say the best things to do is what is for their good if you mix their affairs with yours they are your brothers but Allah knows the man who miss who mischief from the man who uh, mean good the man who does mischief from the man who means good and if Allah had wished he could have put you into difficulties he is indeed exalted in power also to orphans restore their property when they reach their age nor substitute your worthless things for their good ones and devour not their substance by mixing it up with your own for this is indeed a great sin also make trial also make trial of orphans until they reach the age of marriage if they find sound judgment in them release their property to them but consume it not wastefully nor in haste against their growing up if the guardian is well off let him claim no remuneration but if he is power if but if his power let him but if he if he has power let him have for himself what is fair and reasonable when you release their property to them take witnesses in their presence but all sufficient is allah in asking into account also those who unjustly eat up the property of orphans eat up a fine into their own uh, bodies uh, those who unjustly eat up the property of orphans eat up a fire into their own bodies they will soon be enduring a blazing fire also and come not near to the orphans properly except to improve it until he attain the age of full strength also that ye stand firm for justice to orphans there is no good deed that you do but allah is there well acquainted therewith to right of lunatic insane to care and assistance the holy quran has given great care to the mentally retarded people and conferred on them special kind of treatment also the quran has induced people to treat them in a good manner the holy quran has warned us against contemplating those people or treating them uh, contemplating those people or treating them badly it also encourages us to care for their feeding and clothing allah almighty almighty ordains to those weak of understanding do not give your property which allah has assigned to you to manage but feed and clothe them therewith and speak to them words of kindness and justice one the right to inherit inheritance one of the uh, rights that has been neglected willingly or uh, due to oversight in the man-made conventions relating to human rights including the udhr is the right of inheritance the udhr in fact completely omitted this right whereas islam has admitted this right in the best form possible islam determines the right of heirs to inherit their deceased predecessors upon their burial islam has set a unique and detailed system of inheritance each of the heirs is entitled to a specified portion of the properties of the deceased after all his debts are settled and legacies are paid the rest will be distributed according to what has been stipulated by the quran and sunnah islam has laid down legislation for inheritance based on just and fair grounds 
it abolishes the repugnant uh, customs that was prevailing in the pre-Islamic era, e.g. depriving women and children from having a share in the inherited property. Allah Almighty ordains, ordains from what is left by parents and those nearest related, there is a share for men and a share for women. Whether the property be small or large, it is a determined share. Allah Almighty has explained the determined share of each of the heirs in the Quran as he ordains. Allah thus directs you as regards your children's inheritance to the male, a portion equal to that of two females. If only daughters, two or more, their share is two-thirds of the inheritance. If only one, her share is a half. For parents, a sixth share of the inheritance to each. If the deceased left children, if no children, and the parents are the only heirs, the mother has a third. If the deceased left brothers or sisters, the mother has a sixth. Uh, the distribution in all cases is after the payment of uh, legacies and debts. Also, in what your wives leave, your share is a half. If they leave no child, but if they leave a child, you get a fourth. After payment of legacies and debts in what you leave, their share is the fourth. If you leave no child, but if you leave a child, they they get an eighth, an eighth after payment of legacies and debts. If a man or a woman whose inheritance is in question has left neither ascendants nor descendants, but has left a brother or a sister, each one of the two gets a sixth, but if more than two, they share in a third after payment of legacies and debts, so that no loss is caused to anyone. Thus is it uh, ordained by Allah, and Allah is all-knowing, most forbearing. Also, they ask thee for a legal decision, say Allah directs thus uh, about those who leave no descendants or ascendants as heirs. If it is a man that dies leaving a sister but no child, she shall have half, half the inheritance. If such a deceased was a woman who left no child, her brother takes her inheritance. If there are two sisters, they shall have two-thirds of the inheritance between them. If there are brothers and sisters, they share the male, having twice as much as the share of the female. Thus doth, or uh, thus does or does Allah make clear to you his law lists you err, and Allah has knowledge of all things. Also, to benefit everyone, we have appointed sharers and heirs to property left by parents and relatives to those also to whom your right hand was uh, pledged. Give their due portion, for truly Allah is witness to all things. As the Quran has established and protected the right of heirs in the inheritance, the Honorable Sunnah has emphasized and reassured the same right. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, may, uh, uh, says, give inheritance to all those who are entitled and what remained should be given to the male who is the next of kin. Also, the Prophet is reported to have said, Allah has specified the determined share of each heir, therefore no heir should be entitled to legacy therein. <coughs> in conclusion, Islam has established the right of man and woman for inheritance in a very systematic and precise manner, and Allah Almighty has specified the share of each heir. This has been ignored completely by the UDHR, the subsequent covenants, and all the international laws related to human rights. Uh, the right of self-defense, 
uh, what I said before was number three, sorry, it's not number one. Uh, when I was talking about the right of inheritance, that was number three, sorry. Four, the right of self-defense, one of the rights that has been neglected by the UDHR passed by the UN in 1948, among other rights, is the right of self-defense, whereas Islam has admitted this right before 14 centuries ago. So many verses and uh, prophetic sayings recognized the legality of the right of self-defense against aggressors generally and explained how their aggression should be re responded to. Also, these holy verses and prophetic sayings have pointed to the good position of those who defend their rights. Allah ordains, if then anyone transgress the prohibition against you, transgress, transgress ye likewise against him, but fear Allah and know that Allah is with those who restrain themselves. Also, and those who, when an oppressive wrong is inflicted on them, are not, cow are not cowed, but are not cowed or coward, help and defend themselves. The recompense for an injury is an injury equal thereto in degree. But if a person forgives uh, and makes a reconciliation, his regard is due from Allah. For Allah loveth not those who do wrong, but indeed if any do help and defend himself after a wrong done to him, against such there is no cause of a blame. Also against them, Make ready your strength to the, to the utmost of your power, including steeds of war to strike terror into the hearts of the enemies of Allah and your enemies and others besides whom you may not uh, know, but uh, whom Allah doth or does know. As evidence to the existence of the right of self-defense in Islam is what has been set forth in the Sunnah as Prophet Muhammad وسلم, may peace and blessing be upon him says, he who has been killed while defending his religion is a martyr. He who has been killed while defending himself is a martyr. He who has been killed as a result of defending his property is a martyr. And who has been killed and he who has been killed in defense of his relatives is a martyr. In essence, Islam recognizes the right of self-defense in case one is exposed to a danger when in the case he is exposed to a danger that threatens his life, honor, properties, or relatives. This right has not been dealt with by the founders of UDHR. 5. Right or rights for amnesty or forgiveness. Man's right for amnesty or forgiveness is one of the important rights that Islam has dealt with. While it is ignored by UDHR, Islam has encouraged man to promote the value of forgiveness and tolerance between the individuals and clans without succumbing to evils or aggressors. Allah Almighty has mentioned the necessity of fighting enmity and aggression with favor and good forgiveness without surrendering or yielding thereto. So many verses in the Holy Quran have induced the people to apply these uh, refined and sophisticated values Allah, as Allah ordains, nor can goodness and evil be equal. Repel evil with uh, what is better. Let those between whom and you there is enmity be as if they were intimate friends. Also, so overlook any human faults with gracious forgiveness. Also, your Lord has inscribed for himself the rule of mercy verily if any of you did evil in ignorance and thereafter repented and amended his conduct lo he is oft forgiving most merciful also 
hold to forgiveness, command what is right, but turn away from the ignorant also. And if you punish, make your punishment proportional to the wrong that has been done to you. But if he has shown patience, that is indeed the best course for those who are patient. And do you be patient and do thou be patient for thy, for your patience is but with the help from Allah, nor grieve over them and distress thyself because of their plots. Also, but if he forgives and overlooks and covers up their faults, verily Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. As the Holy Quran has urged people to forgiveness, also the subtle Sunnah did the same. Our Prophet, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, said, I can assure you of, uh, of uh, things. No money will, will decrease because of giving charity out of it. If a man forgave another for injury or grievance incurred to him, Allah will honor him on the day of judgment. If a man started begging without need to do so, Allah will cause him to be poor all his life. Also, Prophet Muhammad, sorry, also Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, asked Allah, whom among your worshippers you like more? Allah said, those who are strong enough to retaliate from others if injured, or aggrieved, yet they forgive. In conclusion, Islam has granted man the right of amnesty and forgiveness. This right is neglected by the man-made laws and covenants, including the UDHR and the subsequent conventions.